prayer. Praise the Lord. Okay, good deal. Now let me get this cranked up here. Glory. Praise God. Well, we're going to pick up where we left off last time. It's in First Samuel. And remember, remember the Bible's laid out. It's historical. Now, and you hear all the time. Just see if you can knock out Genesis, you can knock out Jesus. See, because Jesus quoted from Genesis more than any other book. Talked about Abraham. Talked about Noah. Noah, come on, little boat. What's no little boat? Go read Genesis. The facts are there. That thing was huge. They have a replica in Kentucky, 450 feet long, three stories high, 75 foot high and 45 foot wide. That's big enough, you know. Anyway, <clears throat> praise the Lord. <clears throat> All right. So, but anyway, back here we left off uh, in uh, in First Samuel here, and uh, no, give you a little history here. Remember, th- let's do this real quick. Let's do this. Let's get. Uh, so we can see it. Okay, your Bible's, I mean, even if you just glance at it, you could figure out Genesis first book, you want to read the last one, what? Revelation. That's actually history going forward. So we have beginning to end, Alpha and Omega. You think, so it's a timeline. And most of the time, like myself, when I grew up, you know, I mean, I spent most of my time in church was just talking about the New Testament, Jesus and stuff. But he was, he was always here. Before Abraham was, I am. Boy, he really ticked off the Pharisees. Oh, you're not even 50 years old. And you've seen Abraham? And he says, yeah, before Abraham was, I am. And he said, Abraham rejoiced to see my day. That's when they got mad. But see, anyway, but it, this is a timeline. Anyway, real quickly, you got Genesis, creation. It all started right then. Adam called Eve right there in the third chapter. He says, she'll be the mother of all living. It's not mythological. It's laid out beautiful. Praise the Lord. Anyway, so anyway, Exodus, ex, ex, get out. Yeah, they were slaves down in Egypt. That story ends at the end of Genesis. They're in, ex, they're in uh, Egypt, and they come right back out. So here we go with Leviticus. It's the Levites, how the Levites, Le, Leviticus... The Levites were supposed to operate in that tabernacle structure. And they didn't make it up. God said, do this, do this, do this, do this. So they got all their plans together. Moses had it all laid out from the Lord. And in Numbers, here they go, all the way to the promised land. Remember what happened? They got to the promised land, same thing we just got through singing. You know, oh, what peace we often forfeit. They got there and said, we can go in there. There's giants in there. And it ticked the Lord off. And it would tick you off. Even as a parent, you got kids and you're, you're trying to say, just take your bicycle and just ride. Oh, I don't want to go. I don't wanna. Same thing. We know the story. And same thing happens to us. Yeah, but I mean, Richard, come on. I mean, God gave me a brain. I'm not supposed to pray. I mean, you don't really believe that works to you. That's where we are today. And it's ridiculous. This guy painted this picture right here. Famous author, whatever his name is, back in the 50s or 40s, whatever. That's, just, that's a Revelation 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And that's written to churches. It's in the third chapter. Seven letters to churches. And it says, it says let him that have ears, let him hear what the Spirit saying to the churches. And what do we do? Uh, I didn't know he said that. <laughs> We're not reading it, praise the Lord. But thank God we are. We know. And he says, I will come in and die. And it's written to, it's written to believers. We say, well, uh, Jesus, the door of your heart. You need to open it up. Well, I've already did it. I asked Jesus. This is a daily. And it's written to churches. And it's written to you, what it is. So anyway, that's your timeline here. So anyway, they get to the promised land, they turn around and go right back for 40 years. God said, okay. And anyway, when they wind up in Deuteronomy, you can read it for yourself. Deuteronomy chapter 1, it's a speech. Moses says, I ain't going in, but y'all are going in. And he rehashes the whole story of what happened, okay? And then Moses dies, and then here we go, Joshua goes into the promised land, and they wipe it out. By the 10th chapter, it took about a 10-year campaign, they wiped it all out. And then what happened in Judges? Well, first chapter of Judges, they lost it all. Soon as Samuel, soon as, excuse me, soon as Joshua died and some of those old timers, they quit serving the Lord and they lost the whole promised land. They lost it. Anyway, they're running for cover. 
But God sent him some judges like Samuel and, uh, oh, excuse me, not Samuel, Samson and Jedediah and some others in there. You remember Gideon? He was one of them. Anyway, the little story about Ruth right there. Then all of a sudden, boom, we're right there at 1 Samuel. Now, 1 Samuel sets up, uh, you know, it's, it, 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 you'll think, well, it's David, whatever. Well, there was a king before David, and that was Saul. And that's where all this story comes from. So now we got all the bozo stuff Saul was doing. And he wasn't listening to the Lord. And Samuel said, you know, you're, the kingdom's been ripped away from you and given to uh, someone else. And we remember Jesus talking about even himself right before he went to the cross. They were trying to say, there's no such thing as a resurrection. And then the last thing he said, and they didn't say anything. They didn't try to question him anymore. They said, why did David say uh, in the Psalms, why did he say, uh, he said, whose son, is da- whose son is the Messiah? He said, he said, uh, why did David say, the Lord said to my Lord, sit here on my right hand until thy enemies be made thy footstool? So how can he be his son? So Jesus was referencing phew, this right here. So here we go. So now we've already found out <clears throat> that uh, this is your only history that you have of David right here. Now let's pick up just a little bit more uh, right here at the tail end of 16. Uh, Saul was starting to have trouble because, like you say, uh, he couldn't, I mean, the Lord left him. And now he's being tormented by the evil spirit, you know. And they said, hey, tell you what we need. You need to get somebody to play a harp for you, and you'll be okay. Saul said, okay, find me a harpist. Now, one of them, he knew, he said, was a young fellow in Bethlehem, a place that doesn't exist. Oh, yeah, it does. It does exist. These places are on the map. The son of a man named Jesse, who was not only a talented harp player, but a handsome, brave, strong, and had, a good, had good, solid judgment. What's more, he added, he's the Lord's with him. So Saul sent messengers to Jesse, asking that he send his son, uh, uh, David, the, the shepherd. Jesse responded by not only sending David, but a young goat and a donkey carrying a load of food and wine. From that instant, he saw, he saw David. Saul admired him and loved him, and David became his bodyguard. So look how it's all falling together. The next chapter is Goliath. Okay? Saul wrote a, net, uh, wrote a message to Jesse. He said, hey, please let David join my staff. I'm very fond of him. And whenever the tormenting spirit from God troubled uh, Saul, David would play his harp and he'd feel better. Okay, this is our history about it. Okay, now remember, just right above this, a few verses above it, is when, uh, um, is when Samuel, the Lord said, I've had enough of this stuff about Saul. Go anoint uh, one of the sons of Jesse. Well, Samuel didn't know who he was. And he brings out the first son and says, he took one look at me, he said, Abinadab, that was his brother, stepped forward and said, that's not the right man. He had all the way through six of them. Well, try Shammah. No, not all seven of them. They were all rejected. The Lord said, he's not chosen any of them. Are there any more? Well, there's the youngest one. (laughs) Remember, Jesus is referencing David several times. Okay, wow. All right, so here we go. So now he's already part of the camp here in the office of King Saul. Okay. And Saul loves him. Wow. From here on out, here's David. Watch this. The Philistines. Now, we don't read this 10 years later. He's already, in, he's already part of the staff of Saul. The Philistines now mustered their army for battle and camped between, anyway, we'll say Arab and Gunnersville. Okay. All right. Saul encountered with a buildup of forces on the Eli Valley. So the Philistines and the Israelites faced each other on opposite hills with the valley between them. Then Goliath, a Philistine champion from Gath, came out of the Philistine ranks to face the forces of Israel. He was a giant of a man measuring over nine feet tall. Ah, it's fables, fables. It's not fables. I mean, they didn't say this guy was 90 feet long. He's nine feet. 
when the Israelites came out of, uh, well, after 40 years wandering around, they finally, the Lord turned them back toward the promised land and they defeated two kings. One of those kings was a giant. They kept his beds. You can find this in the, in the book of Deuteronomy in that, in that speech. Moses made reference to it. They kept that guy's bed and used it and put it in a museum. He was over 11 feet long, something like that. You can see it for yourself. But anyway, you say, well, yeah, but the giants, come on, Richard, the giants. Genesis chapter 6. There was a population explosion took place on the earth. And it said beings from the evil, evil beings from the spirit realm had fell in love with these earth women. And that's what happens. Ah, oh, come on. Ah, oh, come on. That's where they come from. Okay. You ever heard? I mean, it's, it's hard to imagine. You think, well, Richard, that just stuff can't be so. Well, well then how's the virgin birth going to be so? You know? And we have trouble, you know, we, we just think, oh, yeah, Jesus raised from the dead. I mean, come on. You, you've got to understand that, praise God, some of these things we just don't understand, but they took place. All right, here we go. So uh, that's where these guys come from. Then Goliath, the champion, he came out. He was a giant of over nine feet tall. He wore a bronze helmet of 200, a 200-pound 200 coat of mail, bronze leggings, and uh, carried a bronze javelin several inches thick, tipped with 25-foot uh, pound uh, iron spearhead. Now, another thing about angels too. Every time angels show up, remember they have to say fear not. They're scary looking. And they're also tall. And they're glowing. You know, they're not the pretty women Cracker Barrel versions. Okay, you don't see that. You know, you know I, now I still like to call you all oh, what a beautiful angel, whatever that kind of stuff. But when you look in the scriptures, you know, they, boy, they're, these guys make you tremble. They were at the resurrection. Remember that's what made those guards tremble. You know, they were scary. Okay. All right, so here we go. So look at his, his helmet. Look at the details. But see, this guy was drinking. He was writing this. This is a mythological story. No, it's not. Mm -mm. You know, it's going to be hard to prove. And you know well as I do. Even if we just skip the Bible for a moment. And let's just look at just straight history, whatever. Why they got statues of David? Well, it's a church thing. No, it wasn't. It's long for church. Guess who else? Solomon. Well, who was Solomon? Well, you know, that was David's son. Hmm. Well, I don't believe there's such a place called Egypt. I don't believe there was a Pharaoh. Come on, you 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 can't be that dull. You know, you these places were there. Wow. So anyway, let's keep going. Uh, he had a helmet, a brown, or whatever, bronze helmet, all this, and he carried a a, a, a bronze uh, javelin several inches thick, tipped with twenty five pounds. Man, that's pretty big. See, I couldn't kill a deer with something like that. My bow would be bent over. It was tough. And his armor bearer walked ahead of him with a huge spear. And he stood and shouted across to the Israelis, Israelis uh, do you need a whole army to settle this? I represent the Philistines. Now, you've got to know he was lying because they all ran. They didn't say, well, we surrender. No. Hey, well, why don't you just send somebody out here to fight me. I'll represent the Philistines. You choose someone to represent you, and we'll settle this in a single combat. Well, who they had their mind on was Saul. Remember, he was a head and, he was a head and shoulders higher than anybody else. If your man's able to kill me, then we'll be your slaves. But if I kill him, then you must be our slaves. I defy the armies of Israel. Send me a man who will fight with me. When Saul and the Israeli army heard this, they were dismayed and frightened. Remember, this guy's nine feet tall. He's got a pretty hefty little sword and stuff. David, the son of the aging Jesse, a member of the tribe of Judah who lived in Bethlehem, had seven, uh, seven older brothers. Now, we just saw them in the previous chapter. The Lord never did pick any of those. Okay. But three of those were there in the army. The oldest, Eliab, Abinadab, and Shema. Okay, they'd already volunteered for Saul's army to fight against the Philistines. David was the youngest son and was on, look at it, here it is, repeats itself. He was on Saul's staff on part-time basis. He went back and forth to Bethlehem to help his dad with the sheep. 
40 days, twice a day, morning and evening, the Philistine giants strutted before the armies of Israel. One day, Jesse said to David, hey, take this bushel. Now, remember, there was no email. There was no, David didn't hear this. He didn't know what was going on yet. He said, take this bushel of roasted grain, these 10 loaves of bread to your brothers. Give these, this cheese to their captain. See how the boys are getting along and bring us back a letter from them. Wow. Saul and the Israeli army were camped at the Valley of Eli. Like they said, David left the sheep with another shepherd and took off the next morning with the gifts. Remember, we were singing a few minutes ago, you know, what a friend we have in Jesus. And that's the way David was. David wasn't just like, well, I mean, we got to be. I mean, we have 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel. And when you pick up about middle ways of 1 Chronicles, because Chronicles backs up all the way to Adam, and then it zooms ahead and picks up with Saul, and then David again. So the end of 1 Chronicles, it meshes, repeats some of the same history about David. This is all you got. And David was just normal like you and I. Okay, anyway. So anyway, so let's see. David left the luggage with a baggage officer. Let's see. No, hang on. We, we missed that. Let's see. All right. He arrived at the outskirts of the camp. You know, he arrived. Yeah. They were leaving for the battlefield with shouts and battle cries. So the Israeli and the Philistine forces stood facing each other. No, they never did engage yet. They were like, we're going to get you today. Or whatever. Anyway. As he was talking with them, oh, let's see. He left his luggage with a baggage officer and hurried out into the ranks to find his brothers. As he was talking with him, he saw Goliath. Whoa. Look at this. The giants step out from the Philistine troops and shout his challenge to the army of Israel. Now, you're going to notice here, David didn't have his second thoughts. And it's the same thing with uh, Joshua and Caleb when they got to the promised land. They were like, we can take this land. But the other team were like, oh, we're going back to Egypt. There's giants out there. Caleb and Joshua didn't care. And guess what? They got to go in the promised land 40 years later. So anyway, he heard the challenge. And as soon as they saw him, the Israeli army began to run away in fright. Do you know in the book of Deuteronomy, Moses told them one Israeli will put a thousand to flight. Two will put ten thousand. I know it sounds stupid. We got God on our side. God also said, Moses, beat out these bronze trumpets. And every time you blow these trumpets, you're going to beat the daylights out of whoever you're fighting against. Amen. Blow the trumpet in. That's what it was all about. In this book right here. Oh, the, the fourth and fifth chapter, they took those trumpets and went out after somebody. Now they got their... They got beat. But if you go read, you go find out why. They had prostitutes in the temple. They're, they didn't care about the sacrifices to the Lord, but they'd heard the story. Oh, we'll get the trumpets. And they took the ark out there, and they lost the ark. The ark got stolen. And one of those priest's sons, uh, his wife, uh, remember, that's where Ichabod come from. She was having a baby, and she found out that the ark was stolen. Your husband, the priest, is killed. And she had this baby, and she named him Ichabod. The glory is departed. But they got that ark back. Next, just a few chapters ahead of this. Anyway. Have you seen the giant? The soldiers were asking. He's insulted the entire army of Israel. Have you heard about the huge reward? Now here's, this is the part about David and Goliath I want you to get. David's no dummy here. And we think, well, you know, well, we have to be humble. You know, I can't ask the Lord for a better car. I just need to, I need, you don't, oh, what peace we often forfeit. God's got a super duper chariot. He's got a great driveway, too. It's gold. Where we got this poverty stuff is beyond me. Well, I know where they got it. It's all part of the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. You need money to pay your bills. You do, you know. And all this get-by stuff. And, well, the Lord will send you this, but it'll just be in the nick of time. That's ridiculous. It's called abundant life. If you believe he's going to be late, guess what? He's going to be late. But don't believe he's late. Notice David's not going to treat that way. Watch this. Let's get going. We'll never get through this chapter. All right, watch this. 
Have you seen the giant? Man, he's insulted the entire army of Israel. Have you heard about the huge reward that the king's offered to anyone who kills him? Now, let's just see what David thinks. Remember, David is a kid. Ruddy face. That means he's still got red cheeks, okay? He's really young. David will give him one of his daughters for a wife. And his whole family will be exempted from taxes. No more taxes. Wonder what their tax rate was. Well, it must have been sufficient to make a difference here. David talked with some of the others there to verify the report. What? How big he was? No, the reward. And you know you know the story already? David thinks he's going to knock this guy out. David thinks the Lord's going to be with him. But David also is thinking, wow, I'm going to get married early. I'm going to help mom and dad out. Won't that be great? Forget these sheep. Wow, that's be great. Look what he says. What will a man get for killing this Philistine? And insulting, I mean, ending his insults to Israel. Now, do we think that way when we're faced with difficulties? We should be the one that wrote, oh, what a friend we have in Jesus. Instead of finding it out for the first time. Well, I didn't know I could pray about everything. Anyway, we all learn. Anyway, so uh, let's see. Yeah, who is this heathen Philistine anyway that he's allowed to defy the armies of the living God? And he'll receive the same, let's see, and he received the same reply. In other words, he said, well, Saul ain't kidding. And David's going, I know Saul, I work for him. You're kidding me. And I've already seen Michael. She's a real sweet looking girl. Remember the Bible says that Michael loved him. So they were already making eyes at each other. But anyway, when David's older brother, oh my goodness. Eliab heard David talking like that. He was angry. And this is what you're going to run into today. (laughs) You don't really believe the Bible, do you? Listen, Jesus said when you pray, go to your father in secret. Don't do it in front of anybody else. It's you showing that you believe in Jesus. It's not what you do in front of other people. But anyway... Because I tell you what, you let the cat out of the bag, you're going to get some entertainment here. People, well, you don't pray. You, look, it, has it come to that? I've heard that before. <laughs> we got to pray. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. All right, here we go. Uh, what are you doing around here, he demanded. What about the sheep you're supposed to take care of? I know what a cocky brat you are. You just want to see the battle. Well, remember, he's one of David's brothers. And he knew. He knew David he knew, he knew David was making his own brother feel like, you bozo, don't you believe in Jesus to help you, you know? So he fired back going, hey, get back to those sheep. Hey, what have I done? I was only asking a question. Well, I tell you what, David did the right thing, which we just, just shut it down. He walked over to some others and asked them the same thing and received the same answer. Is he kidding? Am I going to get Saul's daughter? Is my daddy and mama going to be free from paying taxes? Look at this. When it was finally realized what David meant, someone told King Saul, and the king sent for him. Now look what David said. I'm on on eggshells here, but I'm going to take a chance. He didn't say that. Look at this. And this story, you've heard it. You've heard it a million times before I mentioned it this morning. But look at the details for yourself. Don't worry about a thing. I'll take care of this Philistine. Yeah, but what if it's not God's will? Oh, please throw all of that stuff away. If you'll read your Bible consistently over, just take the book of Psalms. You're never going to run across that. You can't take the 23rd Psalm and start doing this, if it be thy will thing. No, it's, it's you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Wow. Isn't that something? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not going to fear any evil. Try to do Psalm 91 and, and, and do the, you know, the version of the Beatles. Whatever, well, that's Doris Day. Whatever will be, will be, you know. The Beatles do, let it be, let it be. I'm not going to let it be. What if David did that? Well, let it be. This guy would have wrecked. Do you know David's cousin killed Goliath's brother? <gasps> did you Google that? No, just read Samuel. 
First, second Samuel's first, second Chronicles, you'll, you'll read the story. Boy, when David becomes king, there's more giants out there. Boy, and I tell you what, some of David's mighty warriors, the top 30, the top 30. Yeah, he had a bunch of them, but he had top 30. They're listed in there. And that giant had six toes. Woo. But his cousin wiped him out. I'll take care of this Philistine. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. Can a kid like you fight with a man like him? Now, we have, we have four or five chapters of Saul prior to this, and no wonder Saul goes, don't be ridiculous. You know. <clears throat> anyway, how can a kid like you fight a man like him? You're only a boy. And he's been in the army since he was a boy. David persisted. When I'm taking care of my father's sheep, Nadine said, well, you know, I, 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 I got lucky one time, and this is why I believe this way. So I'm just a kid, so I don't know. No, look what he said. When I'm taking care of my father's sheep, he said, and a lion or a bear, it didn't sound like this happened just one time. He said, oh, look, every time it happens. Comes and grabs a lamb from the flock. I go after it, <laughs> look at this, and I club it and take the lamb from his mouth. Yeah, right. Let's go to Ringland Brothers and see you pull that off, you know. Well, see, that's just our mentality. I mean, I love watching Ringling Brothers or whatever. Those, those tigers are huge. I mean, they're rear ends from there all the way over to here. That's a big cat. And I see my cat at home, and I watch what he does to squirrels and chipmunks and whatever. And I'm, I'm sitting there going, man, I'm glad you're small. <laughs> you know. Anyway, I've done this to both lions and bears. And I'll do it to this heathen Philistine too. For he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who saved me from the claws and the teeth of the lion and bear will save me from this Philistine. Now, let me speed ahead a little bit. I'll just tell you another story. David's an old man. He's fixing to die. Great story. Oh, it's First Kings. Okay. He's fixing to die. Bathsheba comes in there because Nathan the prophet had said, hey, you better go tell your husband that they've already anointed another son of his to be king, Adonijah, whoever, one of those. And so Bathsheba runs in there and says, hey, I thought you promised me that... Uh, Solomon was going to be king. And he said, I did. And he said, that's what's going to happen. And then David makes a statement. He said, I swear by the God who saved me out of all my troubles. Well, that was just David. <laughs> it's your Bible. It's for you. We do the same thing. Just, to, Lord, I just want to thank you. You're going to save me out of all my troubles. Mm -hmm. David wrote a psalm in Psalm 34. And he says the same thing. He'll save you out of all your troubles. Anyway. So anyway, he said, I did this to bears and lions. I'm going to do it to this Philistine. He's defied the armies of the living God. Look at that. He's defied the armies. Remember, the armies of the living God, just not just those Israelites, because they were running anyway. We're talking about the armies of God. The mountains filled with chariots of fire. Remember those? The, the, Elijah the prophet talked about that. Open our eyes. Let them see. You know, Ooh, those guys were there. The Lord who saved me from the claws, of the the claws and teeth of the lion and, uh, and the bear will save me from this Philistine. Saul finally consented, all right, go ahead, and may the Lord be with you. See, he knew this guy was talking from his position that the Lord's with him. Okay, now look at this. Then Saul uh, gave him his own armor. Now we're almost done. See the bar? They're almost down. Then Saul gave David his own armor, uh, a bronze helmet, coat of mail, put it on, strapped it. Remember, this guy's a kid. You've got to figure out what age he was. To Don't you think they would have taken a 16-year-old? He ain't 16. I know some 16-year-olds when I was growing up. I was afraid of them. You know, in high school, we were talking. I was talking you know, a little while ago. These, when, when you're a freshman, these guys, ugh, they take them, you know. He had to be younger. Ruddy, they call him Ruddy. Ruddy face. Red cheeks. I can hardly move. And remember his daddy said, no, the youngest. We didn't bring He's the youngest. Whatever. So he put all this stuff on it, and he, he strapped his sword on, took a step or two to see what it was like. And remember, Saul was a huge guy. He'd never worn such things before. I could hardly move. And you've seen little kids dress up with stuff. And you're like, 
whatever. And he took them off. Then he picked it. Boy, he just, he just said, look, let me take care of this. He picked up five smooth stones from the stream, put them in his shepherd's bag, and armed only with a shepherd's staff and a sling, he started out toward Goliath. Now, watch what he says next, because none of this is hid. There wasn't a reporter out there. This is what David said. Goliath walked toward David with his shield bearer ahead of him, sneering in contempt at this nice little, see, there it is, nice little, you know, full-blown adult man. No, red-cheeked boy. Look at this. Am I a dog, he roared? You come at me with a stick? And he cursed David by the names of his gods. Hmm. Come over here and I'll give, now notice, notice what he says. Let's be English people right here. And, and let's, let's take this sentence just a second. Come over here and I'll give your flesh to the birds and wild animals. Goliath yelled. Now remember, he went, well, be nice, be Christian. I'll raise my voice. Oh man, they were firing this stuff out there. Boy, David shouted back. Look what he said. Okay, you said you'll kill me? Let me tell you who I'm going to kill. Look what he said, who David said he's going to kill. Oh, he's going to kill Goliath. No, uh read the story. Look at this. You come at me as a sword and a spear, but I come at you in the name of the Lord of the armies of heaven and Israel, the very God whom you defy. Today, the Lord will, he's going to kill you. No, look what he says. I'm going to conquer you and I'll kill you, cut off your head. Then I'll give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals in the whole world. Well, no, there's a God in Israel. Too bad that won't work for us today. Well, we're, well, I guess we're going back to Egypt. That's the same kind of logic. No, face your troubles the same way. Watch this. Israel learned that the Lord does not depend on weapons to fulfill his plans. Oh, if I was just smart enough, if I just had a college education. If you, I, Stop all that. You got Jesus. You got Jesus. He works without regard to human means. He'll, he'll give you to us. David's having second thoughts here, isn't he? No, you know the story. As Goliath approached, David ran out to meet him. Man, he didn't even cock his gun. He's still cocking it while he's running. Reaching into his shepherd's bag, he pulled out a stone, hurled it from his sling, and hit the Philistine in the forehead. Now remember, there's no such, th- there's no such person as David. Oh, yeah, there was, that's the reason it shook the earth in our history alone. The stories of David. And this ain't the first time he pulls something off like this. You're going to find out that Saul, when he finally says, well, okay, yeah, you can have my daughter. But remember, he's He's jealous. Of David at this point. And just in 10 verses from here. Because the women in town start singing, Saul has killed his thousands and David has killed his ten thousands. And it ticks, it ticks Saul off. And he already knew from Samuel the kingdom's been ripped away from you and given to somebody else. And Saul starts hurling his sword at David while he's playing that harp. And then he says, why should I try to kill David? I'll just have the Philistines kill him. And so he knows he has, that's when it says Michael loved him. His, his daughter. And so he says, hey, I tell you what, I, I'm a poor guy. Uh, he knew David was a poor guy. That's what David said. I'm a poor guy. I don't have a dowry that I can give for your daughter. And Saul says, I just want a hundred dead Philistines. Boy, David did it. I mean, just, just like that. Toward the end of this book here, when David's being chased by Saul, he loses his wife. She's not dead, but her daddy gave her to somebody else. And when Saul, excuse me, when Saul dies, David is coming back. He's going to be king. And he asks this other guy, he asks Abner, which was Saul's uncle. He says, I want my wife back. And and you know what David says? It cost me a hundred Philistines for her. That happened. That happened. He says, I want my wife back. Of course, he got her back. Okay. So anyway, David, so here's what he, man, that stone, boom, killed him. 
David conquered the Philistine, the giant with a sling and a stone. Since he had no sword, he ran over and pulled Goliath from his sheath and killed it and then cut off his head. When the Philistines saw that the champion was dead, they turned and ran. Then the Israelis, man, they just tore out after him. Here we go, about done, watch this. Chasing them as far as Gath and the, the gates of Ekron, the bodies of the dead and wounded Philistines were strewn all along the road to Sharem. The Israeli army returned and plundered the deserted uh, Philistine camp. Look at this. Look at this. Interesting. Later, David took Goliath's head. Well, it never happened. Yes, it did. You kill a big deer, you get that sucker mounted, you know. Man, look at this. He took his head. Now, watch the story here. And he stored his armor in his tent. Now, I mean, you understand, this is a kid. And, of course, he loves Jesus like you and I do. And just like normal, you know, Phil gets you out of all kind of trouble. You know, the Lord delivers him out of them all. That's what he wrote in Psalm 34. He's hanging on to this head. As Saul was watching David go out to fight Goliath, he asked Abner, the general of his army, Abner, what sort of family does this kid come from? <laughs> you know, I really don't know. Well, find out, the king told him. Look at this. After David had killed Goliath, here's the last part right here. Uh, he brought him, look at that. Look at, read this, look at this. After David killed Goliath, remember, he's a kid. Abner brought him to Saul with a Philistine's head still in his hand. I mean, man, praise God. Uh, tell me about your family, my boy. <laughs> uh, well, his name is Jesse, and we live in a make-believe town. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Bethlehem. Now, before I stop right here, I want to mention something about this. Another thing that, uh, where is it at? Okay, 51. He ran over and pulled Goliath's uh, <clears throat> sword. Is what it, he didn't have a sword, so he got Goliath and he cut his head off. You know, Jesus mentions this. I'll tell you where. The, uh, his disciples were getting the grain in their hand. It's like, it's like um, Matthew 9, things what it is. And they were rubbing their hands together, getting the corn or whatever. And they were, hey, you're not supposed to work on a Sabbath day. And Jesus said, hey, did you remember? In the time of David and Abathar the priest, David went and he got the show bread. He got the church bread, you know. Nobody's supposed to eat that except for the priest. But Abathar said you could have it. Well, guess what David said in that story? It's in this book right here about five chapters later. David said, I was in such a hurry. I didn't have time to get a sword. You got anything in here? And they go, we've got the sword of Goliath. And David says, that's just the thing. How are you going to put all this stuff together if it didn't happen? Oh, it did happen. Praise the Lord. Anyway, well, what's God going to do for us? Same thing. Unless we just sit there and go, well, Lord, you're no count to me. You can't help me. And I don't want to bother you today. Well, you want to treat him that way? Go ahead. But we're not going to do that. Praise the Lord. Because, oh, what peace we often forfeit, what needless pain we bear. We're not doing that. Praise the Lord. We're going to cast our cares on the Lord. Father, we just thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord. If we're not feeling good today, whether it's health or whatever, you'll take care of that. Praise the Lord. David said, you forgive all our iniquities and heal all our diseases. Praise God. We're not going to limit you to saying you can't help our bodies. As we get older, we start feeling aches and pains and different things. And Jesus, you're still there. Moses was strong as an ox at 120. His eyesight wasn't dim. And he was able to fight just like anybody else. And so, Lord, if it, what if it's financial? Lord, I think you'll take care of that too. You'll supply every need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And, Lord, if it's not that, it's just something else that's on our heart. Oh, praise God, I know you'll get us out of that trouble. What could be worse than having a Goliath? But you fix that, so you'll fix anything for us too. So that doesn't leave anything left but for us to tell stories about how great our God is as we tell people about Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Everybody have a great day.